Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, missionary to Zimbabwe, Africa, sent out of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. Our family made our entry into Zimbabwe at the end of March this year, and we were accompanied by the Cody Rich family, also from our home church back in Tennessee. I've referenced Brother Cody a few times in describing my call and deployment to this land because our stories have been providentially intertwined over the past few years in relation to African missions. Brother Cody and his family spent 12 weeks with us here in Mutari, Zimbabwe before returning to the States to commence their deputation travels in view of returning to Zim to labor alongside of us. Before Cody and his family headed back to the States, we took some time to talk over how the Lord put missions on his heart as a young man and how Cody's heart for missions intersected with mine at Cornerstone Baptist Church. This conversation is a bit more personal and less formal an interview than usual. I hope you will rejoice with us and pray for us as we rehearse what the Lord has done and is doing to get the gospel here to Zimbabwe. This is the first segment of a two-part interview with Cody Rich on our missionary partnership to Zimbabwe. Now for the conversation. Brother Cody, you and your family have been here with us, with our family in Zimbabwe, since our arrival at the end of March. As of the, the time of this recording, you've got just over a week before you head back to the States to kick off your deputation. And uh, on my part, I don't know that I've ever been so personally invested and excited about a family going to the foreign mission field, at least a family other than our own. So I wanted to walk through how the Lord put missions in your heart and how the Lord put you and I together at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee. So let's start, as we often do with these conversations, with your conversion and how the Lord called you to Africa. So when did you receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior? So I grew up in a Baptist church, and uh, I had made a false profession of faith when I was seven years old. Um, I somewhat got pushed up to the altar, got took in a back room, and I was told to repeat a prayer. And the man that was doing this, was he was doing the best he knew how at the time. But uh, I walked away from that. It was a very emotional experience. And so for the next <clears throat> 11 years, I would have told you that I was saved. I would have answered most of your questions correctly, but I had not been genuinely converted. So uh, through some circumstances, my wife, uh, she had began to provoke me to get back into church. And so I played football, but after this was over my senior year, uh, I began to get back into church. And there was an evangelist that came through one night. His name was Charles Sanders, and I don't even remember what he was preaching. But God made it very clear uh, to me that I was not trusting him. I was trusting myself. And so I drove home because of the first false profession of faith was more open. There was more people involved. And so I drove home at that time. Um, I was saved before I got there, but I got on the floor <laughs> in my bedroom. Yeah. And uh, I submitted myself to the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith in Him alone. And uh, immediately after that, things began to change. Uh, I had the filthiest mouth you would have known. And uh, I said one, uh, one cuss word after that, and that was because it slipped. 
And so well, there were some other things that I was doing at the time that God uh, brought conviction on my heart uh, of what I was doing. And so um, that's that's how I got saved. And um, yeah. So so you your life changed immediately when you were genuinely uh, saved. But something else that happened, uh, because I've heard your testimony on multiple occasions, something else that happened in very short order after your new birth is that missions found its way into your heart, which I think is really interesting because if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I guess not, not so much unlike myself, you didn't have a lot of exposure to foreign missions, even though you had a background in church. Yeah, so shortly after, well... Let me back up just a little bit. I, growing up, uh, I always wanted I wanted a wife, I wanted kids, and I wanted to live a comfortable life. And so, part of that for me, my entrance to that was to go to college to get an education. And uh, so, for me, uh, I began going to college in August of two thousand and eight. That would have been I got saved that March. And so I go to college, and uh, my first semester, uh, I stayed on campus. And so that didn't work out. So uh, I got the university to give me, I had to have permission. And so they gave me permission to move back home where I could commute back and forth. And so somewhere around the end of that year, November to December of 2008, uh, I I don't know how to describe it, but God... um, began to deal with me about about missions and shortly after i got saved i remember having a uh, a very deep desire to tell other people about jesus christ and so nonetheless somewhere after the uh the end of 2008 the beginning of 2009 uh, i remember crying myself to school uh for months and so my drive to school is about an hour one way, and um, you know I've looked back to I've looked back at that uh, quite a few times because um, when God dealt with me about that, I didn't know what to do. I was somewhat uh, apprehensive. I was somewhat scared of what was going on in my heart, and I I was at, at one point I was so serious about it that I told my dad that I was going to stop. Uh, I was going to quit. My, the secular college that I was at, I was going to go to a Bible school uh, because that's the best thing I knew to do at the time. And um, But when I reflect back on that, for years I thought maybe um, I was rejecting that. I, was, um, I wasn't being obedient, but as we'll see as we go on, um, I believe that was the first fruits of God dealing with my heart about missions. And so He used that to uh to get me to the point that i needed to be at but uh once after god done that after a couple months life kind of set in and i forgot about that and uh that picks back up some years later yeah Uh, so you you sort of set that that burden for missions you set it aside for a time you pursued a career you got a mechanical engineering degree you went to work you got married all of those things but uh your your concern for souls your burden for evangelism your interest in in seeing sinners saved that that didn't go away no no it did not i uh 
I still remember uh, I had bought a box, a box of tracks and um, on my way to school for, for months, uh, I would take the trash off uh, going to school in the mornings. There was a man there and uh, I never had the courage to witness to him, but I bought, <laughs> I bought a box of tracks. It, it was a, it was, are you a good person track? And I remember um, I finally got the courage up one, one day to give that guy a track and um I probably said two sentences to him, <laughs> and uh, but I still remember the man. He was lost. Uh, his name was Charles, and I, I prayed for that man many years since. Yeah, but well, even though, uh, yeah, I, I think that's. I think a lot of us are sometimes in that in that case where you sort of have to work up the boldness. To, yeah, to to break the ice to sort of cross a threshold where you're willing to put yourself out yeah. there for the Lord. But for you. That's something that grew over the years. One of the one of the stories that I've I've heard you relate, which is uh, always an amazing one to me, is I I don't know that you had much, if any, exposure to public ministry, but you had it on your heart, even as a even as a professional in the in the engineering world. You were on a business trip and decided yeah. that you'd go street preaching by yourself. Tell yeah. me about that. So so yeah, I my. The first job that I got out of school, I, I got to travel quite a bit. And uh, this one trip, I was by myself. I was in, uh, I was up near Detroit, and uh, God had been dealing with me about that, about street preaching. And uh, I remember I bought this shirt. I wouldn't wear it again, <laughs> but it, but it said Turner Burn. I had something else on the back. So I'm sitting in this rental car. I put the shirt on and. I finally get the courage up to walk out. I find a bench. I stand up on it, and uh, I begin to preach. It was at Oakland University in uh, in Michigan, and so I probably preached for I don't know maybe five minutes, but um, I still remember there was a girl that walked by, and uh, she was she was making fun of me, uh, mocking me, and uh, but I I just remember getting back in that car. And the satisfaction that came over because Amen. I knew even that day that I'd done what God wanted me to do. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a mess. Um, I have no clue what I what I preached. I know I was trying to preach the gospel, but uh, yeah, that that was the first encounter I had with street preaching. I I don't know that I would recommend someone going alone, <laughs> but I but I did. So. Yeah, Amen. Well. If you if you don't have anybody to go with though, I mean, doing something fun and something to do for the Lord, and and then having, as you say, that satisfaction that you've that you've obeyed the Lord and that you've that you've pleased Him, that'll ruin you for this world. That'll that'll yes, put sir. something in your heart that that you wanna that you wanna experience again and again. Amen. So one of the things that had to happen in order for you to deploy in foreign missions, which that's where we're headed in this conversation, of course, is to get into a missions-minded church with a missions-minded pastor. And uh, that was Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee. Um, but that wasn't an easy transition for you. You didn't, you, didn't begin all, you didn't begin in Cornerstone. So how did you get to Cornerstone? Yeah, so um, we, my wife and I, we got, we got married in 2011, and we were going to an independent fundamental baptist church there in the in the smith county area which there aren't a lot of no i think there's only two <laughs> yeah right. so but but for years i had this 
uh, contradiction in my heart. There was some, so I, I was a treasurer at this at this church that my grandfather had started, and uh, there were some things going on that that I could not, uh, in my conscience, rightly go along with it. And so it was nothing real bad. It nobody was swindling money or sure, anything sure. like that. But uh, you know, it was just little things here and there that um, I didn't find consistent with the scriptures. And so for years, um, even as a little boy, I heard many things about this man named Ron Ralph, <laughs> and uh, most everything was negative. But um, I'm on a golf course one day uh, in in Dixon Springs or, or Riddleton, rather, and uh, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I'm, I'm on hole eight. Uh, Brother Ron is actually up on hole two. And he comes down, comes down there, witnesses to me, and gives me a track. And uh, outside of a church setting, he is the only person that has ever taken the time to give me the gospel. Yeah. And so th- this was before we were in Cornerstone, but uh, I still remember in my mind, I was like, everybody's lying about this man. <laughs> because he, I mean, he took time out of his day to come down here and witness to me, and it's the only person that's ever done that. And so... That that made a lasting impression on me. And so it would be some years later before my wife and I would uh, would actually make that transition. And so that the that actually began with the death of my dad. And so we had actually left the church there once and uh, decided to go back. But after yeah, my dad so my dad passed away. And that that led us into to that transition, and so couldn't see it at the time, but God was placing me in the very place that I needed to be, yeah. and uh, not only missions wise, uh, our pastor brother Ron has uh, he saved me so much heartache. Sure, and um, but yeah, it was at Cornerstone that God rekindled uh, this thing of missions in my heart. Yeah. I'm so uh, well acquainted with with this story, and then of course the the background with Brother Ron that it, I'm tempted to to give some of the backstory for all of this because you'd have to understand that Smith County has got a it's a population of about eighteen thousand. There's there's one strong missions minded evangelistic Bible believing church in that county in the midst of a lot of. Uh, Missionary Baptist churches yeah. that uh, that are not particularly um, biblical churches, yeah. to, to say the least, minded. right? Not certainly, yeah. The, the 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 missionary Baptist is a misnomer for sure, yeah. and so it's just that there's there's a certain reproach that comes along it, with with just taking a stand for the Word of God in yeah. uh, in a setting like that, but. By the same token, when you're faithful, like Brother Ron has been over the course of 30 years, you end up proving a lot of your critics uh, wrong. And, uh, and and that Cornerstone certainly has experienced that. And families like your, like your own uh, find their way into, because they want the truth, Amen. And, and find your way to a, to a church where, and, and being a part of a biblical local church with a, a pastor um, that loves the word of God and loves people. It's it's totally life changing. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in a curious sort of providential twist, 
uh, our connection, yours and mine, uh, is sort of traceable to your first visit to Cornerstone. And as you tell it, it was simultaneously disappointing and <laughs> divine and providential. So yeah. why don't you relay that story? So as I talked about earlier, my plans in life, uh, all of those involved my dad. My dad was a very dear man to me uh, growing up. <clears throat> he uh, he made a lot of sacrifices for me. Probably, you know, as a parent, we're probably not even wise, but he did. And uh, nonetheless, I was the beneficiary of that. But my dad, when I was really young, uh, I think seven years old, or actually I would have been five when he developed the disease, but he had a kidney disease. And uh, so that uh, that left him um, disabled uh, for, for most of my childhood and teenage years. And so... But from that disease, he, he later on developed uh, pancreatic cancer because of the, uh, the drugs that suppressed his immune system, and uh, the drugs themselves were cancer-causing. But uh, So in February of 20, 2015, uh, my dad passed away, and um, you know I was crushed. As I said, all of my future plans my dad was wrapped up in. And uh, it was the lowest point of my life that I can really ever relate and remember. Um, But from that, um, I walked out of the back of the the hospital after my dad had passed. And uh, I just remember looking up. It was was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I remember telling the Lord, uh, I don't understand this. Don't really know why this is happening. I wasn't questioning his goodness, his righteousness, but I was I was sincerely uh, wondering. And I told him, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Amen. And, um, oh, it was, it was short time and, and things got rolling. And uh, so about two weeks after that, we left the church that we were at. Um, we, we come to Cornerstone. My wife was probably more at peace about it than I was. And... Uh, we walk into the sanctuary, and uh, Colin McDonald, a guy in our uh, local church there, he met us coming down the aisle, and he said, uh, "He said it's not a normal service tonight." And those words proved to be prophetic for me. He said, uh, "A man's here." Uh, Lee Cadenhead's preaching our spring meeting. <laughs> the first thought that came to my mind I was, like, "Who's Lee Cadenhead?" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but we sat down. And you began preaching, and uh, I still I still remember it very vividly. Um, unction is the word, and what the whatever the Lord done in my heart that night, I can't fully explain it. But had I been lost, I'm still convinced I'd have gotten saved that night. That's how big this was in my life, and um, that's God. God uh, God revived my heart that night. You know, I was looking for something. I was yeah. searching because yeah. I, I was hurting. And, uh, you know, God placed us there. It's not a coincidence that you were there that night, the the first night that we came. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, our first our first trip to Cornerstone, you were there. And uh, that, that brings a lot of things together later. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was pretty shortly thereafter you, you jumped in with both feet 
got involved at Cornerstone, made some made some connections, developed some relationships, got him, you know, uh, really, really planted your family in that local church. Yeah, so two, uh, I think it was probably two weeks after that, three weeks after that, uh, our first son was born, Noah. And uh, it was, that was providential in some sense, because my wife and I, we, you know, we grew up, she grew up in a good home by American standards. Uh, Biblically speaking, it was, um, there was not much there. You know, I grew up, I had the Bible, Uh, my dad made a big deal of the Bible, but uh, parenting-wise, marriage-wise, the domestic relationships there, I needed very great help with. And uh, we found that there. We developed, as you said, some uh, relationships that have, even to this day, have uh, been very important to our family and to what God is doing in our lives. I think it's it's worth saying. Uh, I know it's the case for me. I think that you'd agree that uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation uh, in Africa thinking about getting the gospel to the world if it had not been for a local church, for a pastor, for the family of God. That's just been absolutely life-changing. And without that kind of order and without that kind of... Uh, that kind of those kind of biblical roots, you really don't get an opportunity to exercise yourself in something like the Great Commission because uh, the Great Commission is just part of being a Bible believing Christian. You want to have a Christian home and uh, a Christian lifestyle, and those things are intricately connected, of course, with being a part of a of a local church. Yeah, we're you know we're trying to live Christianity. Yeah. You you can't do that apart from a local church. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So around this time, you you already had South Africa on your heart, if if memory serves me. So how did you how did you develop an interest in Southern Africa, and uh, how did you initially pursue that burden? Okay, so I so I need to back up a little bit, sure. and um, so I remember um, Philip Gaddis had come home. I think it was a short furlough. Uh, maybe his dad had been sick or something. I can't remember what, but he was there for the missions conference. And I remember him giving a presentation. And I just remember thinking in my heart, like, man, it, I want that. Yeah. And I, I want to I wanna go and minister and have the same fruit that this man has. And so God, um, I went and talked to Brother Ron a little bit about it. And he said, hey, you ought, to, you ought to start the Bible Institute. So I started the Bible Institute. And uh, so he also told me, because I, I, I went and spoke to him a little bit about missions. And uh, he said, you know, you ought, to, you ought to pray that God would show you in his word somewhere. Uh, don't go looking for it, but you ought to pray that God would show you that. And so uh, I obviously began looking. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, nothing, nothing really happened. But I was, I was going through the Bible Institute one night, and I came to Genesis twelve one. And a lot, you know, a lot of my story is, it, it crossed paths with with Abraham. I don't claim to be Abraham. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had his faith, but nonetheless, a lot of my story um, intersects with with Abraham. But I come to Genesis twelve one, and it says, "Now the Lord had said unto Abraham." Yeah. And all of that stuff that God done and and late 2008, early 2009, came flooding back into my mind. And uh, God, 
God had me in the place I was supposed to be at, and he presented to me. And, you know, he didn't speak to me audibly, but the words that I heard was, you know, I told you, I put in your heart back there what I wanted you to do. Here it is now. This is what I want you to do. And that that was by way of foreign missions. And so obviously I, I go talk to my pastor and uh, we began uh, discussing options uh, as far as uh, me going and visiting uh, and getting some uh, getting some exposure to foreign missions actually there. Sure. So began praying about that and I'm looking at the map and uh, you know I want to go here, I want to go there, I want to do this, want to do that. And so uh, for actually I, I prayed very seriously about Brazil and um, that that never really worked out. but um, there was there was a summer. There was two other guys in our local church, uh, Clayton and Stephen, and we spent a lot of that summer together ministering. We were knocking doors, we were passing out tracts, we were street preaching, uh, praying together. We we met at the church one evening. We were going to go. Uh, I don't know if we were going to hold signs in town or we were going door knocking, but nonetheless, uh, Brother Clayton had it on his heart. He said, I don't think we need to go anywhere, so I think we ought to just sit here and pray. And uh, so... I don't know, for probably three hours. The three of us were out there under the, the breezeway and at the church, and we sat on the ground there and prayed and uh, asked God to direct our paths. We were all excited about missions. We were all excited about serving God. And we were just praying that God would direct our paths. And, uh, you know, one of those men is in Sierra Leone right now, right. Stephen Mustard. Another of those is Brother Clayton. He's one of the most faithful men I know, and I look up to him in a lot of ways. Sure. But, you know, I went home. I still remember. I, I, I've i got it in my, uh, in my diary, in my journal, um, of, you know, the, the prayer meeting. It was just, it was probably the greatest, the best prayer meeting that I've ever been a part of. It's God, if I could ever say that God showed up at a prayer meeting, I, I believe he did that day. And so I wake up the next morning. Um, I, I have no clue why this popped in my head, but the first thing that popped in my head was South Africa. <laughs> and there's a there's a man named Randy Pike. He's a hero of mine. And he tells a story of um, praying all night. He, he said he, he prayed from like 8 o'clock to like 4 o'clock in the morning. And he said, just like, you know, just like God spoke to him audibly, he said, go to South Africa. And so I can I can somewhat relate to that because God I, I believe it was the Holy Ghost ministering to me, and and He spoke to my heart about South Africa. So my wife and I we uh, we uh, we plan a trip through through Brother Wrong helping us, and we go we go to South Africa and we visit a missionary there. And um, you know it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the best. Um, Noah back our our oldest son he had gotten sick back home and so but you know i don't ever i don't judge uh, what god wants me to do by circumstances necessarily i don't judge that what he tells me to do if something is easy or hard sure. uh, matter of fact sometimes when it's harder that's that's more confirmation to me <laughs> but nonetheless we come home and uh you know um I'm certain, but there's still a little bit of doubt there. 
if I had to give a percentage, it would have been 1% of me that was like, I'm just really not sure about this. And so the next, you know, the next two years of mine were probably the most frustrating years of my Christian life. Uh, because I know that God wants me to do this. And in my heart at this time, I feel like he wants me to go there. But it seems like every, every turn I took, every step I took, there was a roadblock. And so I know why now sure. the Lord was doing sure. that. And so, but when you're on the other side of that, it's, it's frustrating. And uh, so God, God used that to get me to that point of South Africa. And um, yeah, he, he was, he was doing something else during that time. <laughs> sure. So I think this is where our stories sort of uh, dovetail again. Um, because in, in, 2018, in early 2018, I made the move from Ridgerow Baptist Church, where I'd pastored for 12 and a half years, to serve as an assistant to Pastor Ralph at Cornerstone. And um, uh, of course, that had been in that had been in process for for a few months. And so, one of the one of the and it's a it's a really strange occurrence. One of those things that I I don't know quite how to explain. But in, in late 2017, uh, so our family, pretty, pretty regularly, we tried to make attendance at the, uh, at the missions conference, just as a, a spiritual retreat for us. So there were many, many missions conferences that I attended at, at Cornerstone before ever becoming a part of the church. Um, but in December 2017, it was a bit different because we were there for the missions conference, but we knew that we were coming there to uh, to serve, and so uh, one day during the day, uh, Brother Ralph takes us. He and Miss Rhonda take my wife and I uh, just to look at some different uh, areas um, for housing. Uh, you mentioned Riddleton and Dixon Springs earlier, Tennessee. I've never been a place like this where they're laid out in these little communities that have their own post office box, and everybody that lives there <laughs> considers themselves to be there from that area and Riddleton, like, I don't know if you could find it on a map. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, so we're, we're in, we're driving around in Dixon Springs and, um, looking at these prospective areas where to look for housing. And, uh, it's a, it's an afternoon, Sunday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. And I, we actually pass you jogging on the, on the road. I didn't realize it at the time, but you lived in that neighborhood. And, uh, I don't know exactly how to put it. I don't know if this was a formal prayer or just like something that came into my mind, but consciously I thought to myself, I need to get to know that guy because I really need to get in. I really need some exercise. <laughs> so we had, we had become acquainted just in real general terms at church. But I said, I said in my heart, I need to get to know him and maybe, maybe I can help him. Maybe he can help me because I need to, I need to, I need to get some exercise. And, uh, so anyway, not too long after that, uh, our family, uh, we built a home on, a, on Glasgow Branch Road, uh, which is actually in Hartsville, just uh, beyond Dixon Springs. And uh, it wasn't too long thereafter that uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a planned thing, but we ended up being neighbors because you bought a piece of property there. Yeah. So... Um... I was I was working in Lebanon, Tennessee at the time, and uh, 
you know, I was, I was somewhat frustrated with my job. I had a lot of responsibility and in my mind, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm nothing. I'm not putting myself above what, uh, what I am. But at the time I wasn't making, uh, what I wasn't making enough for what I was doing. <laughs> sure. And so I began to look for jobs and, um, uh, Unbeknownst to me, there was a little place in Hartsville, Tennessee, and uh, they contacted me. And uh, so I went for the interview. They offered me the job on the spot, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I need a little bit of time to pray about this. Can I have a day or two? And they said, sure. So I immediately left there and went and talked to Brother Ron. Um, because, and, 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 I, and, I, and I'm telling you this story to illustrate this fact that sometimes we need some spiritual guidance and our pastor is is one of those tools that God has given us in the in the Christian life to to to, to help us make these decisions. Amen. And so I went and talked to him and um brother Ron has never told me what to do. <laughs> sure. Uh at times when I've wanted him to say, <laughs> "Why don't you do this?" he hasn't done that. He'll he'll give his counsel and his famous words is let the Lord lead. <laughs> Pray about it and let, and let God lead you. But this day, he pretty much told me you should take the job. And uh, it was it was more money. It was closer. It was closer in proximity to where we were living at at the time. And so I turned the job down. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go to work the next day, and uh, it was a very frustrating day. I, I get in the car to leave to go home, and God's like you big dummy <laughs> i tried to help you and um so i I, ca- I call the general manager of the place on my way home and i say hey is the job still available can i take it i was somewhat apprehensive because it wasn't what i was normally used to i was getting in that role to go into another role later on and um so i'm i'm standing in the 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 uh the building office there to get my building permit to begin building our house that was going to be you know neighboring yours and um i wouldn't been able to done that had i not taken that job in hartsville because it it was better hours it gave me time to go i'd done a lot of the work on the house myself and uh I'm, i'm sitting in there waiting to get my building permit and god just speaks to my heart and he says you know you're exactly where i want you right now amen and I still remember the peace that, that came over me at that point because I was I was in a lot of turmoil because I was praying about South Africa and um, I was really wanting to get that done now and go ahead and pursue that. But, but God had different plans. But I said all that to say this, that um, Brother Ron's counsel um, has, has, some, has some bearing on this because had he not had he not done that, I probably would have turned the job down and, and not ever took it, and thereby would have never been your uh, neighbor. But so yeah, um, we, my wife and I, were looking for a piece of property, and we come by, and uh, she loves it, yeah. and so we we purchased a piece of property and uh, we built a home there, and uh, yeah, so we become neighbors. Well, I'm, look, I'm looking at this developing, and I'm thinking back to that, <laughs> to, to seeing you jogging down yeah. uh, down the road in Dixon Springs, and thinking to myself, "Well, Lord, here's <laughs> so here it is." So yeah, so yeah, we began running, and um, I don't know what for probably a year and a half. Most every morning we spent together, we would run, 
we'd get to the end, we would pray, we would laugh. Uh, there were sometimes I remember having tears. And uh, but God used that, I think, to um, to deepen our relationship and our um, and our connection there. And you you helped me in a lot of ways. I had a lot of turmoil at that time, which bled over somewhat into our, our my domestic uh, and my family. I was neglecting my wife um, in a lot of ways, and but you kept you give me a little bit of sanity when. I didn't. I felt like I didn't have any, but that that relationship, you know, it leads up to the sure. to another providential twist. Thank you for tuning in today. As always, I hope the program has been a blessing to you. If you would like to communicate with Brother Cody directly about his family's plans to return to Zimbabwe, you can reach him by email at dcrich42 at gmail.com that's dcrich42 at gmail.com in the second installment of this interview we'll round out the testimony of Cody's call to Zimbabwe and some of the tender kindnesses of the Lord along the way to confirm and encourage that direction and we'll also chat about some of the benefits of a longer survey trip such as the one he's recently undertaken you can subscribe to this program on a variety of different podcasting apps And if it's been a blessing to you, please feel free to invite others to tune in or rate and review the program wherever you may be listening. I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.